This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Want to know what's going on in your neck of the woods and learn the history and the people behind the events that you love across the state? Get to know the real Mississippi. Check out MPB Think Radio's Next Stop Mississippi podcast on all platforms or on the MPB public media app. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. I'm Jermaine Flood. Hey, Coach. Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I missed you last week. Well, I'm glad to have you back, but Lacey just handled it and we just kept on going. I know she did. I no, listened. No, 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 Jermaine, we're so happy to have you back. <laughs> we were so clueless. I was at least. Lacey did good. I was. I needed help. Did you? No, y'all were not clueless. I listened back to the show and it was an awesome episode. So, But if, we're glad to have you back. If anybody wants to hear that, it, you can go to the podcast and check that That's out. Right. Lacey and Abram held it down with Coach. That's right. And y'all did swimmingly. I loved it. I loved it. But now I'm back. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking this morning, last week we needed a snowmobile to get through, and this week we need a boat to get through. Yep, that's how it goes. So We had we had snow last week, and now it's a f- sheer flood this week. You just um, hang around a little while, and uh, Mississippi weather will be what you want it to right, be. Right, right. <laughs> a little further north in Mississippi, I saw a video online of Memphis during the snowstorm. We're going to call it the snowstorm for us here in the south. But Beale Street, like all the downtown streets, were fully covered in white. So what they did was they brought out like their four wheelers and the the little dune buggy like vehicles, like the snow vehicles or whatever. And they did donuts. Just all of them were out there like a, a pack of motorcyclists. And they were out there just living it up in the downtown streets of Memphis doing donuts on snowy streets. Well, believe it or not, my wife and I were stranded up there for four or five days in Oxford. Really? I came home right before it snowed, got my four-wheel drive truck, went back up there so we could drive around. And did donuts in I didn't do donuts. There were were people doing donuts, (laughs) but I was able to get around and she could see the snow and it was really good. That was awesome. Yeah, it is good when you have a four-wheel drive or an all-wheel drive during those times. It, It does make you feel a little bit better about getting out there on the road. So it was good times. And now we're back to rain. So... Welcome back. Hey, Mississippi. Right. That's Mississippi weather. Today, though, we're talking about exhaust systems. Our email address for questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Okay, coach, here it comes. An exhaust system is used to guide reaction exhaust gases away from control combustion inside an engine or stove. The entire system conveys burnt gases from the engine and includes one or more exhaust pipes. And depending on the overall system design, the exhaust gas may flow through one or more of like the cylinder head, the turbocharger, catalytic converter, or a muffler. That is a good explanation, but there's a lot of different things. When you start talking about exhaust system, we start at the manifold from the engine called the exhaust manifold. Okay. And there's a lot of different components in the exhaust system. Somebody just says, well, I'm putting a new exhaust system on my vehicle. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you really thinking about? Are you thinking about the catalytic converter? Are you thinking about the muffler? You're thinking about the tailpipe? You're thinking about the tips? You know, there's, so there's a lot of different things. Pieces that, to pieces it. Pieces to the exhaust system. And if you think about it, the... Most time you buy a car, you see one piece sticking out of the back of the car. That's what my brain goes to when I think exhaust. Right. You see that one little pipe coming out of there. It's about three inches round yeah. coming out of the back of the car. Yeah. Well, that is the exhaust system. 
Okay, uh, that's the most inexpensive. It's a, it's called a single pipazole system. Mm-hmm. It's the most uh, inexpensive and the easiest to install on a mm-hmm. vehicle. Mm-hmm. Okay, well now it's according to what you're looking for. If you're looking for budget friendly, if you're looking for uh, sound, if you're listening for torque, or you listen for hor- what you want horsepower. Yeah. There's different ways that you can change that exhaust system and get all of those. And I'll tell you about that. You're right. And I want to know too is it always legal to change these exhaust systems in certain ways? Some of it is, some of it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to learn about. That's right. Coach. We're going to go to the phone lines. We've got Jeremy on the line. He's in Mobile. Jeremy, you're on with Coach Charlie. Hey, morning, y'all. Um, so, okay. Um, I have a 2017 Kia Rio commuter car. does its job. And uh, last week sometime, um, you know, with all the rain and everything else going on, you know, my, my window started to fog up a little bit. So you do what you do and turn the AC on, put it on the, the, you know, the front windscreen and it just got worse. I was like, Oh, well, I've seen this before. We'll pop into the local auto parts store, get the $30 can of, you know, refreeze your system thing. And the guy behind the counter, he just kind of shook his head. He said, Nope. You got to have a special kind of antifreeze. You got to have a special kind of tester, and it was like 140 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not spending that. And so I started calling around to guys that I trust in the area, and they're all kind of saying, eh, "Yeah, those cars are made to." Let me guess, you're almost at 100,000 miles, right? And I was like, "Yep." <laughs> and so I'm just looking for a second opinion. Is it really that complicated, and why? What are you saying? Uh, the type of coolant that goes in these vehicles, or what? Yeah, and and it's it's not like you know the the normal can. You can just you know hook on you know thirty forty five bucks and recharge your system. If the needle doesn't move, then it's your compressor, kind of a built in you know tester kit. Uh, so we're so, talking about Freon for the air conditioner system. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you think about Freon for an air conditioner system, it's a cordon white type of Freon. We had R12 was the old Freon, and then we went to uh, 134A that was the most Freon in all new cars. And then the newer cars now is a YCF1234, I think like that. But it's a mm-hmm. – the matter of fact, the – Gauges will not fit. The old 134 gauges will not fit it. And yeah. so that way he's trying, he is telling you the truth that it does have to have a different type gauges and different type Freon. You cannot mix those two together and there is no yeah. way to get that out without changing the system. So they are correct so, on that uh, type of Freon. Now, can, can, can any reputable mechanic do this, or do I have to go to the dealership? That's the other thing that he was saying. It's like, man, it's a, it's, that, that sounds like a dealer problem. Okay. I'm like, yeah, but this, every dealer in the country is backed up for three months. Yeah, since it's a new Freon, it's been out there for about three or four years, five years out there. So it's been out there. People know about it, and there are a lot of uh, – Regular, like you may be able to go to Firestone or Goodyear or something like that, that does have the equipment to test those systems. And uh, if just a ballpark, because I can't get anybody to tell me, what do you think it's going to be out the door? If it was your shop, what would you think is a fair price for that? Just to test it and see what's wrong with it, you know? Because no, I mean, I know what's I, I know I know what's wrong with it. It needs more free on. It has a leak. <laughs> okay, so it has a leak. So the thing is, 
are you going to fix the leak or are you just going to put some Freon? Because a lot of people put Freon that last six months and they're good to go. But if you're going to fix the system because of the leak, you need to determine where it's coming from. If it's the line or if it's condenser or if it's the evaporator, you know, so it's according where that leak is. So they probably couldn't give you a ballpark figure until they checked it out to find out where that leak is. And it does have dye in it as well, so they could take a fluorescent light and they should be able to check and find out where it is leaking by using a light. You know, so there are ways that they can check it. What it be, that wouldn't be so invasive going into the system. Okay, that's fair play. So I mean, any anything less than eight hundred bucks, though. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, it, you can you can get it cheaper than eight hundred bucks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's all I'm worried about because uh, we we also got some septic issues, but that's for a different show. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Jeremy, for giving us a call. All right, guys. All right. Yeah, keep up the good work. Thank you. you. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank you so much for listening. That was pretty awesome. He wants to know though, Coach, what your price is. The Coach Charlie Melton shop. <laughs> But once again, it's according what is wrong with the system yeah. because if it's just say if it's the compressor leaking, yeah, that's a new compressor, yeah, you know that could be anywhere from five to a thousand dollars to replace that system, uh, yeah, okay, or if it's just a line leaking, could be a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. But it's according what is wrong with the system. Mm-hmm. We just want you to fix it, coach. That's all. That's it. <laughs> just fix it, coach. Okay, we're gonna stay on the phone lines. We've got Joe and Grenada on the line. Too much oil is this question, Joe? You're on with Coach Charlie. It has to do with too much oil, I think. Uh, I hope it doesn't sound like a stupid question. But anyway, (laughs) I have a little Frontier pickup. I took it in before Christmas to get the regular oil change. And, um, you know, they did that, and I come on home. And then I begin to notice little spots of oil on my driveway and on my carport. Just every time, you know, a lot, I mean, not a lot of oil, but every time I go somewhere and I come back, there's another little spot of oil. I got to wondering if, you know, I was going to have not enough oil in there. So I checked the dipstick, and, you know, there's two lines on the dipstick. One indicates the maximum amount that should be in there, and another indicates the minimum. Right. And I was afraid it was going to be below the minimum. I thought, you know, you don't want to run it dry. I understand that. Well, it's way up above the maximum. And I checked this oil when it was before I ever cranked the truck. You know, this is when it was cold. So what do you think? Is it possible to have too much oil in there? Oh, sure it is. You, where'd you take it to have it changed at? Where? Yes, sir. It's a place I've I've been going to. This it's a little place in Newton. I've been going there for years. Okay, but well, they, what, they hired a new fellow. Right. Just, that's what I was going to say. What they do, you look in the owner's manual, and they probably have a chart that says how much those engines hold. And if somebody yeah. wasn't paying attention, they could have put a quart more oil in it, and that's easy. I've seen it done before. Yeah, you need to get that oil down back to level because what happens? Too much oil in it messes the engine up. It, it can't. It doesn't. Uh, it it doesn't do what it's supposed to do with mm-hmm. overfilled. No more than it does underfilled. I had heard that it that the oil doesn't circulate the way it's supposed to. For one thing, maybe. Well, it, most likely it doesn't circulate enough, but what happens, really, all the oil pumps now are on the front of the engine. They used to be down in the engine. There was a pump and a screen down in the engine. Now it's uh, on the front of the crankshaft. Most oil pumps are now. And, yeah. you know, according to how it's just like anything else, 
more oil put in, more liquid you put in it that doesn't supposed to be there, it impedes the flow and impedes the way it's working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Here's something else I noticed. This is before I had checked the dipstick. I said, uh, when I drive the truck about eight or ten miles, I can smell oil in you know in the cab. Is that? Do you think those two are related? Well, like I say, too much oil, you know, it builds oil pressure. And what happens anywhere there is a, a weak gasket or something, oil could be coming out of that engine. And the yeah. way you're going to smell it is that oil is going on the exhaust system and burning. So those valve covers are probably leaking oil. Yes. That's, yeah. Okay. Okay. You've answered my question. I appreciate that. I'm going to go take it in today and get it get the oil changed again. And mention that it needs to be, you know, the right amount needs to be put in. Well, what you need to do is make sure they check the oil when you take it in there and show them that they put too much oil in it so they don't yeah, charge yeah. you again as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, you've you've confirmed my fears. <laughs> okay, I thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Joe, for giving us a call. If you've got a question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about exhaust systems and we're taking your car repair questions. Is your car under recall? I'll tell you how you can find out next. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Jermaine Flood. If you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcast platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11 a.m. If I sound happy, me and Coach, we really do laugh it up during the break. I want... (laughs) We have a great time. Everybody to know. Um, here's some recent recalls. 101,000 Kia Carnivals and Sportages have been recalled for roof molding. Um, Kia has wasted little time issuing its first major recall of 2024, that loose roof molding. More than 101,000 Carnival minivans and Sportage SUVs are involved. That's the 2022 to 24 Carnivals and the 23 to 24 Sportages. The cause of the potentially detachable roof moldings are either interference from the roof molding retaining clips with excessive roof panel sealer or simple improper installation at vehicle assembly as a fixed dealers are inspecting the roof molding and replacing or securing it as necessary for free and Kia will begin notifying owners March 15th and then in our second recall 1.9 million Ford Explorers are recalled for loose trim. This is these encompass like everybody's car. Literally, January has been a rough month for Ford. They say, and the these loose components are the ones that's, <laughs> that's right. making it rough. Um, effective vehicles include model year twenty eleven. That's what I thought. It had to be all of them. 2011 to 2019 Explorers. The issue is with the exterior A-pillars trim retention clips, which may not be properly engaged, allowing the trim to detach. Such trim can become a road hazard, increasing the risk of a crash. For the fix, dealers are inspecting and replacing the trim as necessary for free, and they will begin notifying owners March 13th. But those with further questions can contact the automaker themselves. Coach, you had a note about these Fords, didn't you? Well, you know, Ford... It's been a rough year for Ford already. You know, they talk about uh, 1,400 employees have been moved to other uh, plants in order to, because the lightning is not selling. They went from three shifts for lightning, that's the EV truck, truck. down to one shift, and they're moving uh, workers around so they don't have to lay them off. Okay. So they're going through a little turnover. They got detaching 
pieces and turnovers a little. That's right. So Well, okay. the EV is just not selling, and GM, matter of fact, they just said that they're going to postpone their plant right. that they were going to have a startup. They're just uh, going to take postpone it for a while. Okay. Well, while we're in the mode of saying the word EV out of our mouth for our news, um, in the next segment, EVs had trouble charging in Chicago during the cold. And they say, no, it wasn't entirely their fault. I don't know if they're meaning Chicago, the cold, or the EV, but we're going to figure it out. That's right. <laughs> On the next segment. You can find out if your car is a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov, forward slash recalls, and inputting your VIN. We're talking about exhaust systems. We're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a full lineup of calls, but I want to get back to the exhaust systems because I want to know about modifying them. Well, you know, there's literally five different types of exhaust systems you could have. The first one's going to be a single exhaust. That means one pipe coming out. Okay. Okay. Then you could have a dual rear exhaust, and that's where the exhaust is coming off the engine and it looks like two pipes are coming out on one side. Okay. Well, yeah, really, I've seen those. Really, they just they y look off. fast. Yeah, but they they just really y off right there. They make you look like it. Oh, okay. But they're really not. It's really a single going into just two. It's tips. a faux two piper. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but then you really have a dual rear exhaust. Okay. And a dual rear exhaust, what they do, they take a pipe and it comes down and it has a pipe on each side of the rear of the vehicle. Okay. Okay. That's called dual exhaust. Okay, you got one coming from each side. Either it's going to be hooked up with an H pipe or it's going to be hooked up with a Y pipe from the engine. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that will give you true dual exhaust. Okay. Now, when you think about dual exhaust, what are you using it for? Why? First of all, we want to get rid of some of the back pressure and we want to let that exhaust flow out of that engine. Okay. Quicker we can get it out of the engine, less back pressure we have, more horsepower we have, more torque we have. Oh, uh, okay. And then if you notice, a lot of people have bigger tips on the end of them. Okay, when you're going to put a dual exhaust on or a um, uh, pipes there, you're going to make the pipes bigger mm -hmm. so the exhaust can flow. Yeah. Okay, so less back pressure, engine's better. This sounds like it's kind of the dual exhaust sounds like it's more for trucks and sport cars. Sports cars, well, now then you want to get performance. Okay, that's your next exhaust system. You want to get a performance exhaust. Okay. If you're looking for sound or you're looking for performance. No sound. No, okay. Or no sound. Well, really, <laughs> really, that's what our regular cars from the manufacturer, you're really Already getting no silence. Sound. Yeah. Okay, but you think about the Raptor, you think about the GMC, the Denali's, you think about all these that are uh, have been, been uh, modified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. by being modified, what they're doing, they're getting that horsepower, they're getting that sound out of it. Even my truck, I got a brand new F-150, you know, even though they have recalls. I have a, I have a, I have a brand new F-150. Not coaches. I have a brand new F-150, and this here has a 5.0, but it's a little throaty. Okay. You know, when I say throaty, that means you can hear my voice is deep. Well, guess what? That's throaty. That's the, that, okay, okay. So that's the sound. You want that deep sound in there. That rumble. Then, uh, oh, yeah, that thing. That rumble. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. And so... What are you looking for? How much money you can spend? Because you can spend several thousand dollars on exhaust as well. Mm -hmm. You know, because like say, uh, you have from Catback, okay, that's an exhaust system where mm -hmm. they replace everything 
from the cat converter, they don't really replace the cat. They replace everything back behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they you'll have from the rear axle back. They'll just replace that part of it. And a lot of these modifications you can do on your own. You don't have to take it to a dealership. You can do them on your own. Okay. What I want to know is the sound modification. Is that legal? <laughs> when you, I call it the sawed off exhaust. <laughs> Well, we used to have uh, just headers where people would have headers and the straight pipe coming out. Okay, well, that's illegal. You can't have that. I'm going to call it okay, EPA. That's right. Well, you call the EPA. <laughs> or really, the police and all look for that because it's noise, uh, makes a lot of noise. Okay. Okay, so you can't really have that no more. Uh, a lot of people cut off the catalytic converter and go straight pipe. They put a glass pack on there. A glass pack is, once again, throaty, mm-hmm. loud. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't want to do a lot of modification to your exhaust uh, system, mm-hmm. you can just cut that off and put that in the middle of it. Right. And, you know, then it's going to be loud. Right. Now, so some of those things are legal. Some of them are illegal. So you want to make sure when you start working on your exhaust, what's legal and what's not. What's not. Yeah. I blame, I think the people who like the noise are the people who used to put cans in their bike bike tires when we would ride bikes just to make that little click, 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 sound. They would put cards in them. Or cards. Yeah, yeah. cards or whatever. Anything to make those wheels that run those spokes. Yeah, that little click sound. Okay, let's go to the phone lines, Coach. We've got Ruth and Brookhaven on the line. Ruth, you're on with Coach Charlie. Can y'all hear me good? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I got a lot to say. I'm driving a 2007 Nissan Maxima. The light came on to service the engine. And uh, I thought I had a flat, and I pulled over to a oil place, and they put the little computer thing on it, and he said the, the first uh, cylinder was missing. So I came on home with it, and my, my son-in-law called the uh, person that usually works on it, and he went in and put new put all new things in the cylinders, and then I drove it, and it was just really bad in backfiring and missing. So my son-in-law called him again, and he said that I needed to drive it to get burn the oil off, and he was going to come back in and put new plugs in it because the plugs had looked real good to him when he was fixing it. So he came back, put the plugs in it, and then he drove it, and it stopped about a mile from my house, and the oil come back out of the car where you put it in. And now I'm told that I need my all my Cadillac converters are stopped up. What's caused all that? Okay, first of all, it said you had a misfire. Okay, the engine, it wasn't... <laughs> The cylinder wasn't missing. It's called a misfire. And what it is, probably number one cylinder of one of them. And the spark plug of the coil might have been bad in one of those cylinders. But if you got oil blowing back, that means you got something blowing back into the crankcase. It could be back pressure from the exhaust, or it could be another mechanical problem, maybe a, a exhaust valve or an intake valve or something open going down into that cylinder. So what do you want to do? First of all, take it to a reliable mechanic because, first of all, if he said that the oil had to be burned off, all those plugs are getting wet with oil, okay? The only way all those plugs can get wet with oil, understand that that spark plug is encased in a cylinder where the oil can't touch it unless it's getting in there, either a vial opening or some rings bad. That's the only way it can get in there, okay, from the exhaust valve, the intake valve, or the piston rings, 
Okay, that is the way the oil is going to get in there. Now, back pressure can cause that. If a catalytic converter is stopped up, the vehicle will not run very good. And but it's usually not going to blow oil back down into your engine. And that's just and like I say, the intake valve or the exhaust valve or rings, something has to be on. What I would do is go ahead and see if we can get the let him uh, see if that number one cylinder, if that causes it again, get the scan tool, put it back on there, and make sure you take it to somebody that can read the scan tool exactly and know exactly what those codes mean. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if he wants to clean all of that out, can all of that oil be cleaned out? But now this is one thing I need you to tell me again, because I understand about the rings. What's, what did you say about the rings? Okay, oil can get into the cylinder bypassing the piston rings, okay? It can blow it back because you got back pressure going into the cylinder, okay? Now, if you have valve guides or anything like that, there is ways that oil can get into that cylinder and foul out those spark plugs. What I would do, like I say, put a new set of spark plugs in it and then see how it runs because that's really a, that's a four-cylinder engine, no, mine's a six. Okay, so a six on the engine, the same way. Just find out which one was missing, which one was having the electronic problem where it wasn't sparking, and then find out where the oil's coming from. Yeah. And would that cause it to pop off out the exhaust? Uh, the oil's not going to cause it to pop out the exhaust. No, ma'am. It's going to either be... So causing that that could even be the timing there's a lot of mecha- that could be a mechanical problem with the timing so what he needs to do is read the scan tool see what the scan tool says clean out those put new spark plugs in it and go from there yes ma'am miss Ruth, thank you so much for giving us a call our email address where you can send questions is auto at mpbonline.org we're talking about exhaust systems between your car repair questions what's in the news things you do that might be shortening the life of your car and then we're going to talk about those frozen evs in chicago i'll tell you more next thank you for listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio coach charlie melton retired instructor from clinton high school's automotive tech program is our expert host i'm jermaine flood if you've down downloaded our app for your smartphone thanks if you haven't go look for the mpb public media app in addition to listening to the show you can click on the support button and contribute and contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and others to enjoy and myself and we thank you for your contribution to mississippi public broadcasting autocorrect is heard on mpb think radio thursdays at 10 a.m with the replay saturdays at 11 a.m in the news things you might be doing to shortening the life of your car I'm just going to name out some of them, coach. They're kind of, some of them are a little funny. Driving when the wheels are improperly aligned, hitting potholes, using the wrong grade of fuel, neglecting to wash it, and washing your vehicle with dish soap. I had to stop there because my husband takes the Dawn off of the dish sink (laughs) and goes and uses the Dawn, and I'm like, no, not the Dawn that smells like gain. I know you're not using my gain <laughs> dishwashing liquid to wash your car. Making it smell good on the outside. Right. They say this dishwashing liquid is meant to break down oil, grease, and food, but it's not designed for car paint, clear coat, or wax. Instead, it'll strip off the wax and the essential oils used in paints and sealants that provide UV protection. Soap specifically designed for car 
car washing removes dirt and grease but leaves the surface wax and oils which are designed to protect your paint and these products are also biodegradable which is better for the environment but let me tell you what's better for the environment at my house is not to use the scented gain dishwashing liquid on your car that's right (laughs) that's for me to smell when i put it in the sink (laughs) okay um there's some other ones buying cheap wrong or discount parts forgetting to clean under your hood resting your hand on the shift knob which i am guilty of because i drove a stick shift and so even though i'm not driving one now my hand lays there um letting your vehicle sit too long Driving fast all the time. That's me. Um, <laughs> I don't drive fast. <laughs> That's what you said. Coach. Yeah, I don't drive fast. <laughs> that could be shortening the life of your car. Ignoring that squealing sound. That's your brakes, y'all. Don't ignore that. Um, not keeping up with regular oil changes. Driving on a cold engine. Using a giant keychain. Thank goodness I have the the, the keyless that's, entry. That's for the emission system. <laughs> right. But I can put all the keychains I want that's on right. my. Because <laughs> you ain't sticking it in I nothing. I ain't sticking it in nothing. <laughs> Waiting too long to refuel. That's when you, you're looking at the, the five miles that you got left to drive. Um, slamming on the brakes. Overfilling the tires. Mixing up brake fluid and power steering fluid. Ignoring the low pressure oil light. And that check engine light that you keep saying is probably not critical is. <laughs> so those are some of the things that you do. Be aware of how you're driving your vehicle because the difference way you drive, the habits you have is what determines how long that vehicle is going to last. Right. Right. You know, I'll right. give you a good one. I had a uh, young lady this week. Uh, well, it was last week. She had a uh Power, a belt making noise. Well, really, we found out that somebody had put a pulley on it. It was the wrong size pulley, okay. and it was eating the, the belt, so we had to put that on there. And then I heard a roaring noise. I told her, I said, well, your water pump's going bad. And she goes, well, how much are you going to charge to replace it? Well, I told her, I said, wait a minute, how long ago did you have a water pump put on it because it looked new? Uh, she said, well, about a year ago. I said, tell you what, I'm going to save you $200. Mm-hmm. I want you to go back to the person you got the water pump from and asked them, is it still under warranty? The water pump was under warranty, saved her $200. Mm-hmm. They replaced the water pump. All of her noises are gone. Mm-hmm. You saved me some money, too, yeah. one day, too. So thank you, Coach, for those tips That's, that you get. You, you got to know what you're talking about. That's you're right. It. You're right, Coach. Okay, second quick story. EVs had trouble charging in Chicago cold. No, it wasn't entirely their fault. Um, Tesla owners in Chicago were stuck at a charging station or charging stations for hours waiting to charge their battery or having their cars or even worse, having their cars towed away when the batteries died or wouldn't charge. Um, But the truth is batteries take longer to charge in single digit temperatures. Yes. And owners had to have the cars towed when they would not move. Um, So basically, that's the problem. It, I guess it could happen in even gas-powered vehicles. I've seen some few batteries uh, that have died in this cold weather that they had to go get new batteries from, yes. Now, one thing I did see about these EVs in the cold, and there was a ton of them, nobody could get into their door. It was like the door handle was frozen clean over, and you got to push that little thing, and it comes out like a like a tray. Right. Well, another <laughs> thing, with, uh, if the battery's dead, you ain't getting in it. You ain't getting in there. Yes. <laughs> 
gotta have that battery and single digits ain't ain't good for them they say so um, I'll include links to these stories in our show's podcast description we're talking about exhaust systems um, you can email your questions to auto at mpbonline.org or you can give us a call the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. let's go to the line we've got Bob in Hattiesburg on the line Bob you're on with Coach Charlie all right, thanks for taking my call. I got a quick uh, three-part question. Uh, say you have a 2014 Ford V8 with a single exhaust, and somebody steals your catalytic converter, and so you decide to put dual exhaust on there with straight-through mufflers. Is if they disconnect uh, one of the oxygen sensors, is that going to affect the engine, or can you di- totally? A bypass a uh, oxygen sensor. Well, they do make oxygen sensors that you can put in there to bypass it, and what will happen is that the engine will go back to the default of the oxygen sensors that they come from the factory. It'll just be a default reading. But if you disconnect one, it's going to affect the engine due to it is what regulates the fuel mixture. You see what I'm saying? It's reading the oxygen coming out of the exhaust pipe, not coming out of the tailpipe, but coming out of the manifold itself before it gets to the catalytic converter. It reads it, and then it tells the computer, hey, either I'm rich or I'm uh, lean. Give me some gas. Uh, all right. Let, let me ask you this. If, if somebody steals your catalytic converter and it's missing, and you put have somebody put dual exhaust on there and they leave... Leave the converter off. Uh, isn't there an oxygen sensor on the back downside of the uh, catalytic converter? All that reads is how good your catalytic converter is working. You have an right. upstream and a downstream. Would these people that do this exhaust work, would they put another uh, port in there for that uh, sensor? Oh, yeah, uh, you can get another port put in there for a sensor, yes. All right, one other quick question here is... Uh, I've always heard back in the many years ago is if you don't have enough back pressure on your engine, you could burn some uh, exhaust valve. Is that true? That is true. Okay, but that's when we had uh, push rod engines. Okay, yeah. we don't have push rod engines. You still need back pressure on the exhaust system. Yeah. You don't need as much, and that's why a lot of these are opening up and getting bigger exhausts on them because it relieves some of that uh, back pressure. Yeah. Um, all right, Coach Charlie, uh, I know you can't take a, a catalytic converter off yourself, but if somebody steals it, it, do you have to put one back on? Well, that's completely up to you. Mississippi does Mississippi does not have a uh, law that checks catalytic converters and all and is all systems. But if yeah. you took it somewhere else, they would check that as all system and they would make you put a catalytic converter on it. All right, and if your vehicle's under warranty, it'd avoid bo- the warranty, wouldn't it? Oh, it'd avoid the war- warranty completely if you took it off. Yeah, yes, take catalytic. Yeah, and All now right, you so got. I want one other thing to tell you: those exhaust systems with that catalytic converter on there, that is a warranty for eighty thousand miles, eight years. A lot of people don't know that. That if that catalytic converter goes bad, even the lady that was talking earlier had that two thousand seventeen. A lot of times, the catalytic converters are warranted for eight years, 80,000 miles. Good. All right, Coach Charlie. 
Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Thank Bob, you for calling. Right, thank thank you. you. Thank you, Bob, for giving us a call. That's pretty awesome. And going back to exhaust systems, I wanted to talk about the different exhaust pipe types. Well, you have, just say you have a Y pipe, you have an X pipe, you have an H pipe. It's according to what you're looking for. When I say a Y pipe, that's coming off the engine manifold, and it looks like a Y, and it comes into one pipe. Okay, or right. it could come. Our H pipe is coming off the manifold, and it's coming into two pipes. Makes sense. Okay, so it's according. If you think about a Y pipe, a Y pipe is going to give you a more flow. You're putting things together. Okay, a H pipe is going to give you a more balanced sound. Mm-hmm. Okay, it won't be so deep, but it'll be balanced. You'll hear it on both sides because mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times you put according to how much sound you want. And these different pipes, and then you have an X pipe that's a crossover pipe. And what that does, once again, you get you're changing one exhaust, and it's just like changing from one side of the vehicle to okay. the other. Okay, okay, that's called an X, X pipe. pipe. Okay, okay, all these pipes are in front of the catalytic converters. Mm-hmm. Okay, and coming right off the engine. That's why a lot of times when you're changing a motor, you're changing a transmission or something, you got to remove these pipes and set them down. Got it. Okay, and then like on dual exhaust, a lot of times you can just take one side of the exhaust off and you can get to whatever you need. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Look, we're going to, I'm going to go to the phone lines one more time before we had to break. Let's go to Mike in Ocean Springs. Mike, you're on with Coach Charlie. Hello. Hey, Mike, what's going on? Well, uh, got a little 92 Ford Ranger automatic transmission. Got a radiator. It's about five years old on it, uh, new one. It uh, sprang a leak in the upper hose. Uh, when I went to get it fixed and they drained the radiator, it was kind of oily. And they said that it appeared that the transmission cooler, which I guess is integral to the radiator, had been breached, and the radiator had pushed radiator fluid into the transmission. Um shifting kind of funny so but to back up a little bit about two months prior to that i had a persistent transmission leak and i kept pouring uh stop leak in it you know way more than recommended didn't work finally gave up took it in to a transmission shop it was a cracked pan i guess they replaced the filter and the pan and said the transmission looked great you know when they took it down and no worries well Consequently, after that, the fellow who changed the radiator hose for me said, the damage is done, just drive it. Seemed like when I go into, when I put it in drive, it wouldn't start, it wouldn't just sprint, you know, but it didn't move. Well, I got reading my little means manual or whatever it was, and it said that if when you park the car, it still moves after you put it in park, and if... The, not the indicator that it's automatic transit said so that doesn't line up exactly on, on your dash, it could be linkage. So I've questioned is my transmission actually bad because it's leaked or is it the adjustment on the linkage? And nobody seems to want to consider the linkage and it has done that. Put it in park, take my foot off the brake and it roll back further. So is it possible that it's just my linkage that needs adjusted because it's running just like it always has, but they're telling me I need a transmission replace for 
more than I paid for the truck. Actually, I bought it used. Well, let's go. Let's go back to your first uh, question about the radiator hose that was busted and it looked oily. Okay, first of all, you need to make sure that transmission does not have any coolant in there. Okay, because that will make it shift where it won't shift correctly. Okay, that's the first thing. Okay, because if there's coolant coming in from the radiator, that means that the cooler on the radiator it's built into the radiator side, and if it is leaking, that coolant's going into the transmission. So you want to look at that first. Okay, now that has a cable on that vehicle. It doesn't have a mechanical linkage. Being that year, I think it has a cable. Okay, so you want to make sure that that cable. Usually, we don't have to replace that cable unless it goes bad. Okay. Now, when it doesn't line up in your dash where you got the turn, where you were changing to drive or reverse, usually there may right. be a little spring in there that keeps it where it wouldn't line up. But that doesn't have anything to do with the transmission itself. Okay. Right. That ha- it's just a little mechanical thing up there. But I would check the fluid in that transmission, make sure it does not look milky, because if it's milky, then you got coolant in there, and that is your problem. Okay. On the stick, it looks good. Uh, so would you recommend dropping that pan on the bottom? I checked it. It doesn't have a drain plug. Well, if it looks good and it's red, that means you have no coolant in there. If I drop that pan and it still looks, the fluid looks good, then it's just a linkage issue. Right. And you can just check the cable and see if the cable has any adjustment on it. Yes. Okay. Um, well, that's the question i had thank you for your help all right you're so welcome thank you mike we're going to stay on the phone lines we've got prince in memphis on the line prince you're on with coach charlie uh good morning how are you doing today doing, doing great. good okay thanks for accepting my call and i want to say this before i talk to coach charlie i think let me take that word back you have a beautiful radio board oh <laughs> thank you prince and you do thank too you, <laughs> thank you very much how you doing, Coach Charlie? It's always great to hear your voice on the radio as well. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Hey, Coach Charlie, my answer is going to deviate from what we were talking about. I, you know, I do car, I do work on my, my personal cars and everything. And recently I want to ask you this question that I did. When changing brakes on your cars, is it necessary to change the rotors as well? Not all the time. Now, what we used to do, we would take the rotors off. We'd have them turn to make sure they were true. And when I say true, mm-hmm. make sure they were round and they was exactly. not, they weren't warped at all. But most of the time, if you ain't got any shaking going on when you step on the brake pedal and stuff like that, you really don't have to change rotors. Now, down the line, if you change brakes a couple of times, then it's really you'd want to go ahead and change them. But not the first so, or second hey. times. Okay, that's that's what I wanted to find out because, I, you know, the lit indicator on the brake pads that lets you know when it's getting close to where you need to change it. That's where I am right now, especially on the back. And I'm so happy that my car has pads all the way around so I don't have to move with the shoes anymore. But I just had to ask that question. I said, well, let me, I know someone who knows the answer to this. And you and do. One the, <laughs> yeah, and you, <laughs> you do not have to change them every time, no, because, you know, you may change brake pads. I'll give you a good example. I got a 2010 that has 176,000 miles on it. Brakes never been changed. Wow, you don't drive it that much. It has 176,000 miles on it. Coach, it's Coach's car, Prince. It, it's like an anomaly. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Hey, guys, I really appreciate that. Coach Charlie, thank you again. And once again, to the, the, 
your beautiful host there. I really appreciate this. Oh, to so, Prince, you can call you so anytime. You'll get right through. <laughs> Prince in Memphis gets a free pass. Thank you so much. Jermaine's in there, like, twirling her hair. Uh, and- <laughs> if I could, I've got the fro on. I can't twirl it. I'm hey, going nuts. Rolling her eyes. <laughs> I did. I fanned myself a little. <laughs> we'll stay on the phone lines one more time. We've got D in Mobile on the line. D, you're on with Coach Charlie. Uh, yes, Coach. Uh, I wanted to ask you the eco or fuel saving feature on my Rav Four, uh, where it turns off at the stop signs. Is that a good thing, and does it work that much and save? Well, let me explain to you what they did. They put that on there just so you wouldn't be burning fuel when you cut it on when it stops. But it was put on there as well that a the manufacturers put that on there so it could be called a hybrid-type vehicle. Okay. The manufacturer said, the government said, well, you could put something on the vehicles where it, it's not using gas when it stops. You could consider that a hybrid vehicle. Okay. Mm. Even though it's not hybrid, but they were just trying to get around a, a word so they could consider it. And, you know, EPA throws a lot of things out there. But every time I uh, get in my vehicle, my vehicle has that eco where it starts and stops. I cut mm-hmm. it off the time I get in the vehicle. All right. Okay. D, thank you so much for your phone thank call. You. Thank you, Miss D. Listen, our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. It's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. You know, we, we were talking about exhaust systems. Anytime you put an exhaust system on there, first of all, make sure you don't, uh, if it's a new vehicle, you do not void the warranty. The best thing is if you're going to get an exhaust system on it, get it done from the manufacturer if you want it done new so you don't avoid that warranty. Mm-hmm. But check your budget. Check your and see what you're looking for to make sure what type of exhaust system you're putting on that car. And try to do it as legally as possible. That's right. <laughs> That's up to you. I, I'll keep my, um, what is it, circulate air on for the people who like to, you know, That's right. get those exhausts going. That's, that's, that's right. <laughs> you ain't going to blow me out my car. I can't breathe or anything. But, Coach, it's been a good show. We had a lot of phone calls. I thank everybody who called from in-state, out-of-state. We had some, some Tennessees. We had some Alabamas. But it's always a good time when I'm on the show with you. Well, we're glad to have you. Glad you're here every week and that you're a great host for us. Except for last week I was out. Well, we missed you. I won't do it again. Yes, you will. <laughs> You're right. That'll wrap us up for today's autocorrect. Show engineer Abram Nanny. Call screener was a whole bunch of us back there. Lacey, Java, everybody answered. Uh, for Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Jermaine Flood. Thanks for listening to Autocorrect on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.